you've got to ask, what is it there for? So you kind of have to go back to the verse before. So we're going to start in verse 24, Matthew uh, chapter 6, verse 24. No one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food, and the body more important than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to his life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the lilies of the field grow. They do not labour or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendour was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow and is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Amen. Never quite sure about that last verse in that passage. Maybe John will explain to us in a little while everything that we need to know about that. Um, as I was thinking about um, the, the service this evening, uh, and as we were praying at the beginning of the service, it's really clear to me that these words are difficult words. It's hard to say to somebody, to anybody, do not worry. It's hard enough to tell yourself not to worry, isn't it? Never mind standing up and telling a whole congregation of people not to worry when we don't know what's going on in each other's lives. There's so much potential for worry in our lives. <laughs> so many opportunities lurking uh, to cause us anxiety and tempt us into worry. And I'm sure John will do a marvellous job when he comes to uh, preach to us. But I really felt that actually it was God that needed to do the ministering this evening. And it was God's spirit that needed to minister to people who might be finding themselves in a place of worry this evening. And so I've uh, picked a piece of music, um, which I hope will serve as a ministry, really, and as a time and as a space for God to move and, and to minister to you. So in a minute, there's a, there's a video. So um, you can follow the words on the screen. You can watch all the beautiful people worshipping and, and be inspired by that. Or you can just close your eyes and just rest uh, and, and ask God to, to work in you and to help you not to worry. I hope that these words, whether or not you like the style of music, that the words are very much the words of Jesus speaking to us this evening, I think, and I hope that they will be a, a balm to our weariness. So Jesus tells us 
not to worry. So here is the, uh, uh, the Tabernacle Gospel Choir who are going to put these words into song. Good evening. It's good to be speaking to you tonight. Um, and firstly, a bit of a, a bit of a kind of caveat, really. It, this is a bit of a tricky subject, isn't it? Um, because I could stand up here and kind of lecture you about not worrying, um, and that's really tricky, isn't it? Because actually, it's something that affects us all. And I'm by no means um, an expert in not worrying. Um, but actually, God has taught me some things over the years. Um, and so, hopefully, um, when I'm encouraging you how to, uh, how to beat worry in your lives, you will um, kind of take my experience at face value and do, if you think I'm a fraud, um, do come and talk to me afterwards um, and, and, you know, put me straight. Uh, because it's very easy uh, in, this, uh, in this context, talking about worry, to upset people because the very people you're trying to encourage not to worry are the ones who will worry about those sort of things. So let's just try and get through that um, as we speak about this this evening. So we live in an age of information, don't we? There is information everywhere. And now we've got all that information, isn't it worse? <laughs> there are more things to worry about. Sometimes we spent a lot, we spent years not worrying about things that are going on around the world, didn't we? We received a bit of information here and there, uh, and we thought, well, you know, we're good. We, we, we'll pray for that in our churches. And um, now we receive information on a daily basis, uh, and sometimes you very much uh, get information that is um, not entirely reliable, or it is quite um, has quite a lot of spin on it. Um, and we have to be really quite careful with that. Um, because there is certainly um, an epidemic of worry, is there not? Uh, it's not, it's not a, a pandemic, don't worry. Um, it's hopefully not contagious. Um, but there is somewhat of an epidemic of worry. Corrie Ten Boom says this about worry. Worry does not empty tomorrow of its sorrows. It empties today of its strength. And it is... Quite, a, quite an issue for us, um, and it is fairly, uh, fairly uh, well known that worrying is bad for your health. Um, this, an article in the Guardian said this: um, Can worrying about your health make you ill? People with health anxiety are more likely to develop heart disease. Says a study. News that would only make them more stressed. <laughs> it is true, isn't it? And we are, um, we are part of a society which has become almost obsessed uh, with worrying about things and has kind of medicalised uh, worry. Uh, you, you don't say, I'm worried about this, you say, I'm suffering with anxiety. Um, uh, effectively means the same thing. Um, and there is a somewhat of a move towards, uh, towards wellness, towards, and this is good stuff. There's, there's nothing bad to be said about this, but perhaps um, we need to look uh, not to ourselves to resolve our issues. I know that um, a lot of people talk about mindfulness, um, and I'm quite cautious about this, because I know where the solution to my issues is, and it's probably not in here. 
Um, so if you're being mindful, it's sometimes good. It's great to, to relax. It's great to kind of get to grips and kind of get centred, to use that kind of, um, uh, uh, that, the, the, the jargon of the, that type of thing. Um, but actually, I would promote uh, what I'm calling Jesusfulness. <laughs> Do you know? Um, maybe concentrating on somebody who has some answers. Um, because I know that I probably, you know, I've been looking for the answers in myself for some time, and I'm pretty sure they're not here. Um, I'm looking now to something outside myself. And that is a real issue in the world, because the, the message that the answer lies within ourselves is a lie that is out there in society, isn't it? So um, we can be uh, those people who can bring some, uh, some assurance and some answers to people we see around. So Jesus says, do not worry. Um, he says, uh, um, this is somewhat rude, I think. Um, he says, who by worrying can add a cubit to his stature? Um, and I think as a short preacher, um, that, that's, that's rather rude, to be honest. Um, I've actually found that I couldn't, is the answer. Um, and do you know, I'm tell you, I've probably told you this story before. Um, when I was a teenager, I was really worried about being really, really short. I was tiny, um, a bit like Amy is now, strange enough, that's genetics for um, And so, um, and so uh, I, I was in the process of working out whether I was ever going to grow and um, the, the doctor said, um, well, we can give you this growth hormone and, and you will grow. And I was underlined about it and then I started to grow, so I didn't do it. Um, the people who got that growth hormone got CJD and died, most of them. Um, and I was just amazed. It hasn't gone good. And so I was so close to that and I was worrying about adding the cubic to my stature. So uh, that's the answer to that, isn't it? So... Why shouldn't we worry? Well, I'm going to deal with a few worries um, and I'm going to deal with them um, from scriptures because there are scriptures for all of this and this is a, a kind of scripture-soaked preach, really. Um, so um, I'll try and give you the references if you're, if you're the sort of people who are like that, but do come and, uh, come and talk to me because uh, there, there may be more than you can cope with. So one thing people worry about is money, isn't it? People worry about their needs. And the text for tonight actually uh, kind of deals with that. It deals with what we're going to wear and what we're going to eat. Um, and Jesus said, do not worry about these things. So we've already had the text from Philippians, Philippians 4.19. God supplies our needs, and my God will meet all my needs according to the richness of his glory in Jesus Christ. So Jesus says he will supply our needs. In Matthew 7, God is the giver of good gifts, which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if you ask for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much will God, will your Father in heaven, how much will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask him? So there are, there is a kind of, in this area of worry, there is God's word for every situation. So money, God says, he will supply what we need. Perhaps not what we need, not necessarily what we want. If we are concerned about our health, well, Jesus has done 
great things for our health. But I think you're probably um, are well aware, as I am, that there are no guarantees in the health department, are there? Um, but this is, what, um, this is what it says in Isaiah 53. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. Yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him. And by his wounds we are healed. Isn't that great? But there aren't, um, there aren't guarantees on the timing, are there, um, for the healing? But we know there is a guarantee on the timing in one way. That is that in glory, in the, in the time when Jesus comes back, that will be finally worked out. So the things we have to deal with now uh, are the sufferings, and we're suffering um, kind of with him, um, but he has dealt with those things in, in glory. And um, my mum, when she had cancer, would say, I'm healed now or in glory. It is true. It is true. And that is how we are able to come through these difficulties without worry and without anxiety. But perhaps people also actually worry, and actually the, the worry about health is actually a concern about death itself. There is a lot of fear of death out there, isn't there? Um, and I've, I've dealt with um, probably far too much death in my uh, career, um, and it's been a privilege actually to be kind of um, right in the thick of it with people. Um, people say it must be tough, and actually it really, is, it really is a privilege. But we know, don't we, that death has been defeated. There is no need to worry about death. Uh, John 11.25 says this, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And we know that, don't we? And we know that, and we bring that, and we call those things to mind, um, particularly when we lose our close friends, which has happened recently. So, how, how about this? John 3.16, famous, of course, very famous verse. For God so loved the world, that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but will have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. He gives us eternal life. There is no need to be anxious about death. But you might say, this is all good stuff, and indeed it is. Um, the word of God is great and is a very good way of dealing with anxiety and worry. But what have we got practically to do that? We know, um, and a, a bit like we've already been saying, how worry in itself becomes kind of circular, doesn't it? You worry, and then you worry, that you're worrying, and then you worry about worrying, and then you worry. And somehow, getting out of this is very tricky. So, um, I've got several points, really, for um, how we can try and create the culture, really, the culture of not worrying, the culture of trusting Jesus, the culture of using his word and feeding ourselves on that, rather than feeding on those thoughts um, that come from, from inside or from our surroundings. Um, 
So the first thing actually fits so beautifully with um, what Michael was saying this morning. Um, thankfulness. Thankfulness and praise. And a lot of those texts actually that Michael used were about praise and thankfulness together. Um, I know that this is one of my favourite things and I don't apologise at all. Um, because praising God at all times has been, through my life, um, has been proven. It just works. That is just so much better to live this way. Um, and this is, this is where you could start being wrong. Yeah, a little bit, maybe. But um, he is so good. And when it gets to the point of just praising him when it goes wrong, oh, it's so much better. Oh, and I would just recommend it. So all the, all the rubbish that's happened in my life, and particularly over recent years, oh, we just praise God. It's tough. But I would just recommend it, and that's all I can do. I can just give you my personal recommendation that praising God is the right thing to do. So as Michael said this morning, whether you're in a place um, where you can smell the dung, <laughs> or whether you're in a place that smells of freshly baked bread and the kind of comfort of that, it is absolutely our duty, our, our and in fact for me, my pleasure, to praise and thanks God. We need to get into these habits the habit of trust, the habit of thankfulness, and the habit of praising God. The habit that when something goes horribly wrong, to praise God. And it's tough, but oh, it's so good. Now, sometimes, um, some people are really, uh, actually really kind of bound and worried. And I can see that. Uh, and sometimes you might say that that's a stronghold in their lives. And that is definitely the case. So we need to be aware of that. Now when we're praying for people, when we've got people on our outer courses or our neighbours or people we're speaking to, it's very often very clear that worry is a stronghold. Um, so we need to be wise with the way we pray for them. We need to pray with plenty of praise and thankfulness because we know that is the antidote for us. Um, but we need to release people from those strongholds. Um, that is absolutely our, our duty. Absolutely where we should be going um, in order to deal with this stuff. Excuse me. So the first bit of the application, thankfulness and praise. Um, the second bit, God's Word. We've had loads of God's Word already. And to Hang on to God's words is absolutely the way to deal with this stuff. This is uh, Jeremiah 29. For I know the thoughts I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not evil, to give you a future and a hope. God has thoughts towards us. Isn't that good news? God's word is his, uh, his thoughts, what he says about us. And get hold of the great things that God says about us. You know, we're not, uh, we're not very positive in general. Uh, we pick up the bits of God's word that say, oh, we shouldn't do this, and oh, you know. We never pick up the bits that say, God's got great things for me. Why not? They're all there, and we need to concentrate on those bits. You know, I think a lot of people would prefer Satan's words about them. 
And it's like, that doesn't make sense. You know the words, the, the anxiety, the, uh, the lies, the things that come to you. Satan is a proven liar. We know that. Why would we listen to him? Why would you take the words of a proven liar instead of the words of the Almighty God? Why would you do that? We need to be concentrating on God's word. And just like Jesus did when he dealt with Satan in the desert, when he comes with his lies, Jesus comes back with God's word. That is so practical in the battle that often goes on in our minds. So that's God's word. But let's talk about our words. Are our words important? Well, I was also, this, this preach is an amalgam of several, several weeks of Brighton Road. Because what we say about ourselves, the tongue is like a rudder, isn't it, Dave? Absolutely. Um, and it can direct the whole, of our, the whole of our lives by what we say. Or it can deflect our lives by what we say. If we speak great things about ourselves and those great things that God has said about us, that is absolutely fundamental to altering the way we think. Very often I say things out loud, and that's because I remember to hear them when I say them out loud. Is that not true for all of us? Sometimes we need to speak things about ourselves. We need to speak things in our families and about our families that are good, positive, blessing things. That is so important and so fundamental to dealing with worry and dealing with anxiety. So our words are important, God's words are important, and I think what we say about each other is important. There is a lot of encouragement in this congregation. There are some great people here, uh, and there is some great encouragement. And it has always um, been a pleasure to be here, actually, because there are so often words of encouragement. But we need to get to the point where we're encouraging routinely and when talking about each other. You know, it's so easy to, um, to kind of hear something and go, oh, that's terrible. Oh, isn't that? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that's... Um, it, it, it's, very, uh, it's very common, it, um, you know, that, have you seen the, the, the sympathetic look and the sort of head tilt? You know, uh, it's, really, it's really quite corrosive, actually. Um, because we tend to latch on to the things that oh, that's um, and and sometimes oh, have you heard what's happened to that person? Oh, it's terrible. Oh, it's awful. Oh, it's going to be terrible. Uh, we really need to change this culture, and I'm um, encouraging us today to have a kind of culture where we gossip in a positive way. Does that make sense? Um, where we say. Oh, that person's really struggling. How can we help them? Uh, or, or, or what, what, what's God's word say about that? What, what, can we, what can we bring? What can we do? How can we help? Uh, what can we say about that person to build them up? We really need to, uh, to change the culture. So um, I'm, I'm just asking us to encourage one another. This should be a great uh, you know, post-sermon handshake moment for me, I'm, I'm expecting. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, feel free to say, say exactly what you think. Um, but it's true, we need to, uh, to change the way we think and the way we speak. Uh, it is really corrosive in church. 
the, the, the negativity and the moaning and all of those things. We know, we know when we do it and we all do it, don't we? Uh, we really need to, uh, to get to grips with this one. Because what we say about each other and what we say and think about this congregation and about what God is doing here is really, really important. So let us be uh, not warriors, but let us be people who are full of God's word. Let us be people who let God's word minister to us. Let us be people who uh, reach out to those who worry, reach out to those who are bound in anxiety with the love of Jesus. Amen.